Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day where the life of Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. In those days when there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the crowd because they have already stayed with me three days and do not have anything to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint on the way. Some of them have come from a long distance. His disciples replied, Where can anyone get enough bread to feed these people here in this deserted place? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? Seven, they said. He commanded the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves, gave thanks, and broke them. He gave the pieces to his disciples to distribute to the crowd, and they did so. They also had a few small fish. He blessed them and said that these should be distributed as well. The people ate and were satisfied. They picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 men were there. Then he sent them away. Right after that, Jesus got into the boat with his disciples and went to the region of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Amen, I tell you, no such sign will be given to this generation. After he left them and got back into the boat, he crossed to the other side. They had forgotten to take bread along except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Watch out, Jesus warned them. Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. They began discussing with one another about the fact that they had no bread. Since Jesus knew this, he said to them, Why are you discussing your lack of bread? Do you still not understand or comprehend? Do you have a hardened heart? You who have eyes, do you not see? You have ears, do you not hear? Do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many basketfuls of broken pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they told him. And when I broke the seven loaves for the four thousand, how many basketfuls of broken pieces did you pick up? Seven, they said. He said to them, Do you still not comprehend? They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought him a blind man and begged him to touch him. He took hold of the blind man's hand and led him out of the village. When he had spit on his eyes, he placed his hands on him and asked him, Do you see anything? The man looked up and said, I see people. To me they look like trees walking. Then Jesus placed his hands on his eyes again. The man opened his eyes and his sight was restored. He could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Do not go into the village. Jesus went away with his disciples to the village of Caesarea Philippi. On the way he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? They told him, John the Baptist. Others say Elijah, and still others say one of the prophets. But who do you say that I am? he asked them. Peter answered him, You are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. Jesus began to teach that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the experts in the law, be killed, and after three days rise again. He was speaking plainly to them. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But after turning around and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You do not have your mind set on the things of God, but the things of men. 
He called the crowd and his disciples together and said to them, If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. After all, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? In fact, whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of our God. As the narrative here in the Gospel of John progresses, we see the the divide between Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes who have rejected him, we see that divide deepen. They come and test him. They start arguing with him, asking for proof. Prove it to us. If you are the Messiah, prove it. And you can almost hear the echo of that demand all the way down to Good Friday. Prove it. If you were the Messiah, come down from that cross. And yet Jesus, um, he has demonstrated it thoroughly. First of all, in his teaching. Second of all, in the feeding of the 5,000 for that predominantly Jewish crowd. And then thirdly here, the feeding of the 4,000 for what sounds like a predominantly Gentile crowd. Um, you know, verse 10, we don't know exactly where the region of Dalmanutha is. If that was like a, a local term for the area that he is that he had went, had gone to, um, maybe it's down by the Decapolis and the, the 10 cities where the garrisoned demoniac had been back in um, you know, chapter 6 or 7. Um, but we don't we don't know all we see all we see is that miracles themselves don't create faith and and Jesus has proven his divinity he has proven his that he is the messiah through miracles and through teaching and even the disciples even the disciples would reject him they start arguing about bread of all things and Jesus is making this spiritual point. Watch out for the yeast of Fer- of the Pharisees and of Herod. And they start saying to each other, "Oh, it's because it's because we didn't bring any bread." <laughs> and Jesus is like, "Are you serious? Come on, guys. Um, bread isn't a problem for us." <laughs> you can almost hear the, the sadness and the, the smile in his voice at the same time. He he sighed deeply when the Pharisees had rejected him because it had saddened him so much. And now, and now his own disciples are arguing about bread, and he's trying to make this spiritual point. And, you know, verses um, you know, 14 through 21 is that section. Do you still not comprehend? But then he goes on. He demonstrates his power with that that strange healing of the man who uh, who is blind, and um, and the only way that I can compare it is to like the the fighter jet by pilot right at the edge of breaking the sound barrier, and as that as that jet breaks the sound barrier, there's like a shock wave that passes over the plane, and maybe you could find a video of it on YouTube. Is um, this jet pilot who's at the edge of breaking the sound barrier? He will he will play with the throttle and move that shock wave um, from the front of his plane to the back of his plane to the middle of the plane, and 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 what he's doing is demonstrating his power and his control. And that's what Jesus does in the healing of of that blind man, demonstrating his power and his control. And this man, um, apparently, you know, my impression at least, is that he had been able to see at some point, but then he lost his sight along the way because he says that those people look like trees walking around. 
Jesus demonstrates his glory. He demonstrates his power, but he doesn't do so for the crowd who is demanding a sign. He does so for people who he has a chance to minister to, to speak with. He does so to demonstrate his power and authority as a way of backing up his words and and pointing to his words. And so then when when the disciples um in that discussion, who the who do the people say that I am? Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. But that bottom line question for you and me, who is it that you say I am? Who do you say that I am? That is really the question now, isn't it? The question isn't, what can Jesus do? The question isn't, how is Jesus going to prove it to me beyond any reasonable shadow of a doubt? The question is, who do you say that I am? Because Jesus creates followers through his word. Jesus creates followers through preaching. And the signs and the miracles themselves do not do that. They have never done that. But they point to Jesus. And they point to a Jesus who is trustworthy and who is powerful. They point to a Jesus who is saying, whoever would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. And the division between Jesus and the Pharisees, Jesus and the leaders, um, is a division not between people, but it's a division that runs through the human heart. And it runs through yours and mine as well. Because our human heart um, wants more from Jesus. Jesus, prove it. Jesus, do something for me. Jesus, I'm your follower. Um, Things should be going better. Come on, Jesus, just a little bit. All I need is just a little bit of proof, and then, and then that would really, you know, make my day, make my life a little bit easier, and I would have all the confidence to speak up in, in defense of you or in support of you to fill in the blank to my loved one at the street corner to my neighbor. But Jesus doesn't work that way. He doesn't pander to demands for powerful displays. He says, come follow me and you'll see. And that's the exact exact theme of verses 34 and 35, that the glory will come, but right now it is a hidden glory at the same time as that glory is revealed through his word and through his preaching, that right now we follow Jesus, we take up his cross daily, and we follow him on the basis of what he has said. And what he has said has created a faith in your heart and mine that this Jesus is ours. That this Jesus, through his word, has overcome every rejection in my heart, even though my sinful flesh would shrink back and say, prove it, and I don't want to stand up for Jesus right now and find every excuse to stand there with the Pharisees and and sh- and shake my head with the hard-heartedness of the disciples. Jesus says, it's not about bread, it's about souls. It's about your soul, so come follow me. And so as you go about your day, just take a moment to... Confess your own expectation for Jesus, and maybe it is disappointment even in some instances or regards, um, because Jesus addresses those, and he doesn't address those with displays of power, but with, with his promise that his grace is sufficient for you and for me. He calls us to follow him and says, Dear Christian, stick with me. You'll see the glory eventually.
Thanks so much for joining us here at the Raised with Jesus podcast. Be sure to tune in this Saturday for our Thirsty podcast episode with Pastor Zarling, Pastor Leighton, and our next in the series on our Saturday series looking at depression. This one is a sermon from Pastor Mike Novotny. And then next Saturday, we've got um, an interview with Karen Fisher from WLCFS. God bless your day.